0: Hey world, we are Citywide Church, creating the largest soul-saving effort ever seen right here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. We want to thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. We would love to know how our ministry has touched your life. So if you have a couple of minutes, please send us an email at amen at citywidechurch.us. Also, if you would like more information about us or about how to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us. Thank you again for listening, and as always, be encouraged and stay blessed.
1: I'm excited because I get to come and share a word with you tonight, and I wasn't um, was going to start a new series tonight, but then the way the dates kind of lined up, I decided not to start a new series tonight, and just to give you a preaching that I preached in 2016 to the team members during the First Culture Conference that most of you have not heard, and I want to just encourage you tonight, amen? I want to encourage you in your spirit tonight and just let God speak to you. Come on, let's bow our heads as we pray. Father, we thank you just for the opportunity to come here tonight, for the opportunity to be able to pray, to worship, and to sing your praises tonight, God, and to hear from you, to be encouraged by you speak to our hearts lord god open our spiritual ears close our critical ears and open our hearts to your word god that we may be good soil tonight that your word may take root in us and we'd be encouraged and redirected tonight in jesus name we pray amen i think one of the most difficult situations that we face Nowadays, and maybe it's just me, but we have a serious phenomenon in the last, I would say, seven years that has been transpiring across our country, primarily. I can't speak for other countries, and it's, it's this little devil called a dying phone. I've been to the airport and seen people with their three-foot charger sitting by the wall trying to get a charge I went to Madison Spirit Garden to a Knicks game and there was like one plug in this entire massive area and there was this one guy and he was sitting there with his two and a half foot plug attached to this wall it's amazing to me how nowadays we're attached to walls to try to get power I'm talking about a first world problem other countries don't have this problem not everybody got this problem And then we try to do all types of stuff to make it more convenient. Like I got a six and a half to seven foot charger for my laptop so that I can actually sit down and use it. And I also have like this, I had this six foot long cable for my phone because I wanted to be able to to really charge my phone from a long distance like I really needed it at the moment. But you want to be ready, you know what I'm talking about? And it's like when somebody's phone is dying, you would think the end of the world is happening. I got to go home. Why? I don't have a phone charger. Oh. Like that wasn't a problem 10 years ago. That wasn't an issue 10 years ago. But now it's like you can't live without your phone. Now it's like we can't live without our devices. Do I have a witness in the place? I know that you're being quiet because you are so guilty of the fact that you are addicted to your technology. You can't hold that, and then the thing is, the longer you have the phone, I'm convinced, I love Apple, I'm an Apple guy, I'm convinced that when their new software comes out, there's something in that software for the new phones that's not good for the old phones, and it makes your battery die faster. I'm convinced, I am absolutely convinced, because the moment you get that update, your battery dies faster. Do I have a witness? And it's just like, what is this devil? I'd be rebuking my phone. It just don't hold the charge. And oftentimes as Christians, that's how we are. We come on Sundays and we get charged up, but we can't hold that charge. And I want to talk to you today on a simple message entitled, Hold Your Charge. Look at somebody next to you tell them, hold your charge. I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1, and I'll read this to you, and I'll tell you what's going on in the story. And Paul, he's writing to Timothy, and he says, I, somebody say charge. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. Here's the charge. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Repro- reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. I'm gonna say this one more time for your benefit. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season. And out of season, Repu- reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Paul is talking to Timothy, and Timothy is the protege of Paul. Uh, Timothy is this young disciple, apostle, pastor, leader in a church in Ephesus, and Paul is on his last legs. Like Paul. Is This is probably one of Paul's final writings because he understands that death is right before him. He's not going to be here much longer. And he's giving Timothy this final charge, this final set of orders and this final set of commands. And he's like, Timothy, I'm giving you, somebody say this, charge. And Paul charged Timothy to preach the word and to be ready in every season of his life. And he was exhorting and encouraging, even commanding Timothy to stay focused on the reason that Timothy was sent to Ephesus. He was telling him, stay focused on the reason that you have been sent here. In other words, he's saying, Paul, he's saying, Timothy, dig deep into the reason that God has called you, has saved you, has redeemed you, has anointed you, has put you and positioned you in Ephesus, dig deep, because the, deep, the deeper you dig down in and the greater your foundation, the further you can reach out to reach others. But without a good foundation in Christ, you can't reach anybody because you're falling yourself. <clears throat> Paul saying, dig deep, Timothy. Dig as deep as you can because I know the greater foundation you have in understanding why you've been sent, you'll be able to do more for others when you know why God sent you. You'll be able to encourage somebody else when you know what God has done for you. He says, Timothy, I charge you. I charge you with this charge. If we were to sum it up, he's saying, Timothy... Stay motivated. Stay motivated because sometimes it's really easy to be motivated in the beginning of your walk with the Lord. But towards the middle, three months later, it's kind of hard. And I don't know what's wrong, Pastor. I just feel like sin is winning in my life again. I wish I had a church that was being honest tonight. It's like when boy meets girl, it's really really easy in the beginning to stay pure, but as time goes by, it gets a little harder to stay pure. And and Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, in your call that God has called you to, stay motivated in what you're doing because it's your motivation that will help you stay toward the course that God has given you. Here's point number one. I got to maintain my motivation. I got to maintain my motivation. That kind of puts some work on me. To maintain something, it kind of puts the onus, the ownership on my shoulders to say, You've got to do something with this. You can't just set it and forget it. You have to work on your walk with God in order to stay pure before the Lord. He says, Maintain your motivation. You see, it, it's not hard to maintain the motive, but it's hard to maintain the motivation. It's easy to remember why you're doing it, but it's hard to continue loving what you're doing, even though you know why you're doing it. It's easy to to know why you serve at church, but sometimes you're not motivated by the motive no more. It's easy to say, I know why I go to God, but I'm not motivated no more in my worship, in my prayer life, in my study time. We can go to church and just get caught in the motions of the motive, but not be motivated by God. And oftentimes we get to this place in our walk with God where we are loving God but not loving the walk that we are in. You got to maintain, tell somebody next to you, maintain your motivation. You got to maintain your motivation. In order to be able to stay where God has called you. He says, Timothy, this charge I give to you. Timothy, you have to stay charged with what I'm telling you to do. You can't lose focus on the reason you've been called to Ephesus. You can't lose focus on the purposes that God has for you. I want to give you two quick reasons why many times you lose your motivation. The first one is pain. Oftentimes, circumstances and trials and pain can cause you to lose focus and motivation for what God has called you to do. In Exodus 6-9, Moses spoke to the people, and he says, Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but listen, they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. God had done mighty wonders with Moses. Moses had already shown himself to be a man of God, to, to, to work miracles with his rod. But the people of God did not listen to Moses because of their pain. And oftentimes your pain can make you lose motivation for God. God sent Moses to deliver his people, but sometimes you can't see your deliverance because you're too pained by your problems. It's hard to see what God is really trying to do in your life because of the past pain. You can't see future promises. And you don't stay motivated. The people of God couldn't be motivated to believe that God would save them or send a Savior because their short-term pain was killing a long-term promise of God. And you've got to get to a place in your life where you're walking with God strongly and in strength daily and where daily pain is not getting you to walk away from a permanent promise of God maintain your motivation the second thing that oftentimes kills your motivation is prosperity progress because sometimes the enemy of your passion is your progress because you get so progressive and you're doing so well now and you're doing so good I had somebody tell me the other day pastor I had my deepest fall when I was at my highest point in God because oftentimes The enemy of your passion for God is the progress you make in your walk with God. And you get happy with what you're doing. You get happy with how you're living and things are falling. Be careful of the time of your life where everything's falling into place. That's the time to pray the most. That's the time to seek him the most. Don't stop seeking God when you meet Mr. Right or Mrs. Perfect. You got to start praying even more then because the potential for sin is right there you am not trying to hear that tonight don't 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 turn don't don't turn away from God when everything's falling into place begin to thank God and get to your knees and say God I can't believe it's falling into place after the mess that I've made see some of you act like you deserve it and it's often the reason we don't get more it's your progress that that hinders your passion because now you got progressive in your life and now, man, God blessed me with a, with a house. And now you got to work on Sundays because you got to pay for the house. Don't, don't That ain't a blessing worth having. Oh, that's really old mindset, Pastor. No, 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 Hebrews 10, 25, neglect not the gathering of the saints as some of you are in the habit of doing. I didn't say it. The writer of Hebrews said it. What it means is like, You people who stop congregating, you're in the habit of not congregating. You should not neglect the gathering of the saints because because there's strength in the gathering. There's power in the gathering. And and sometimes, I'm telling you, it's your progress that hinders your passion in your walk with God. You're not passionate? Check your progress. Are you hearing me? i got to maintain my motivation. i got to stay motivated in my walk with God. When things look bad, focus on the motive and say, God, I know that you've called me in this season of my life. Remember why you're serving God. Remember what got you here. Remember why did you end up at the feet of Jesus, broken and needing him. When you're losing your motivation, get back to why you were there in the first place. You've got to understand this, God, I know you have a purpose for me. Never lose the hunger that you're supposed to have for God. By remembering, God, I remember the brokenness before I had you. I remember the pain of my failed marriages, maybe you're saying to God. I remember the pain of my past experiences that drove me to your, to your feet, oh God, while I, I was broken and hurting, God. I have to maintain the motivation that God has given me by what he's done for me. Believing and trusting in his word for me. Stop focusing on the reasons to give up and start looking at the reasons you have to maintain your motivation. And say, God, I want to maintain what you're doing in my life. Reaching in and remembering the reason is the key to reaching to the places God has for you. Saying, I have to reach inwardly to myself and say, why are you here? Every now and then I get to a season in my life where I have to say, why are you doing what you are doing? And I say, because God called me. And I begin to rehearse everything that God has said to me. Uh, God purposed me, and God has, has a plan for my life, and God will do this, and God will do that. You see, you don't need to redefine the reason you're serving God. You need to rediscover the reason that drove you to God. Stop trying to redefine stuff and say, well, I need a new reason, and begin to rediscover why. Because I remember in my lowest point, God, that you were there when nobody else was. God, I remember when I was in my room crying at night because I was so broken and so hurt that only you were there to comfort me and there was no one else. Come on, you have to rediscover the reasons as to what God has done in your life, as to why you're serving him, as to why you're seeking him. You have to fall back in love with that reason and begin to say, I remember why I love Jesus. I remember, maintain that motivation. Fall back in love with the reason you fell in love with the community of believers. Fall back in love with the reason you became a part of a church family. Fall back in love with the Jesus that you so dearly treasure in your heart. Maintain your motivation. He says, Timothy, this charge I give to you. This charge I give to you. You see, Paul sent Timothy to the city of Ephesus because there was this group of people called the Judaizers who were teaching false doctrines to the church. And before it got too far, Paul sent his best guy, Timothy, to handle it and to take over the entire church that was in the entire city. And so Timothy was given a strategy by Paul. And the strategy that Paul gave Timothy was to build yourself, Timothy, before you build the church. You see it in 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointed me to his service. And so Paul's saying, because God has, has placed me somewhere, I know that he has something for me in that place. And he's saying, Timothy, because you've been placed there, you have to build yourself up by saying to yourself, I know God sent me here. I know God has purposed me here. Here's point number two. I need to to stay convicted of my calling. You have to stay convicted as to why God called you into his into his life, into his ministry. You have to stay convicted as to why God rescued your soul from from depravity. You have to stay convicted as to why God called you from the depths of destruction. He picked you up out the miry clay as we sing it so eloquently. He cleaned you all up. You have to stay convicted as to why he cleaned you, convicted as to why he did something so great in your life when you were not that great. Sometimes we lose that conviction. You forget we, it's a fearful thing to get to a place where you're casual with the Holy God. We don't have that reverence and say, "God, I, I remember God, I remember, I remember." We take some verses way too far. I come boldly. It, doesn't, it says boldly, not proudly. It says boldly, not arrogantly. It says, boldly, not without reverence. It says boldly. I come before the Lord." And what Paul's telling Timothy in the first epistle, he's saying, Timothy, you were sent to Ephesus. You were sent. And when you know you've been sent, you have the power to stay. You want to hear a secret? About 51% of the time, I can't stand this city I love the city, but I can't stand the politics of it. I can't stand the way of ebbs and flows sometimes. Like, I don't understand people's mindsets in this city sometimes. I've been here my whole life. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But because I've been sent, I have the strength to stay. Listen, nobody else would want to move down south more than me. Nobody else would like to go to palm trees and, and sunny days and not to worry about, about, about snow and cancellations of services and all that kind of crazy stuff. But I know that God has sent me to this city. And I know that, I know that I have, if he's placed me here, he's graced me here. And you've got to get to this place in your life where you say, if God has placed me here, he's given me grace here. See, you have to learn how to to bloom where you're planted. Understand that you're a seed and it's time to bloom. Stop talking about what you're going to do and start doing what you're supposed to do now. If you always talk about what you're going to do, about your future potential, you never have a current fruit because you're always waiting for future potential. But if you would start sowing into your life now and doing what God has called you to do right now and stay motivated of your calling and convicted of what God has called you to do and you begin to work the field of the kingdom right now, I am telling you right now, you begin to get a harvest in your life like you've never had before. If you, if you, if you, if you would understand that God has sent me here. Bloom, where I impl- I can pastor this church in tough seasons because I've been sent. Don't tell me one day that you've been sent and the next day you're confused about your destiny. you got to maintain motivation. Stay convicted of the call. If he's called you to this body and to this ministry and to this city, he's trying to do something supernatural in you and through you and through us. If you would stay convicted of the calling he's placed on you, don't stop praying and don't stop seeking him because you're not motivated no more. Don't get distracted by what looks attractive in the world. Understand that he has called you here. And if he's called you, it's because he has something in you. If there's a demand on your life, it means he's made a deposit in your life and he's trying to get back out what he put into your life. If you would just trust him. If you would stay convicted of your call, understand you were sent to the community you live in. I know you don't like your neighbors, but you were sent to them. And if you would start looking at them as being sent to them, maybe you can lead them to Christ. You were sent to this community. You were sent to this family. You were sent to this church. You were sent to this city. You are a seed that has been placed here to bloom by the Lord God Almighty. You have to understand this. And when I know that I've been sent, then I can begin to grow where I've been planted because God knows what He's doing. He's not made mistakes. I'm convicted of my calling, I'm convicted of what God is doing in my life. I understand this. There is purpose in my placement. There's purpose in why I'm here. There's purpose in what I've been through. There's purpose in in what I'm going through. And there's purpose in where I am headed. And I can get to this place in my walk where I'm beginning to see all the purpose in all the areas where I never wanted to go. In all the places I never wanted to go and things I never wanted to do. God shows me. God shows me that he's equipping me to do his work. He's equipping you to stay charged up in him. He's equipping you to hold on to the reason you're called. He's equipping you to hold on to the gospel you've been given. He's been giving you the hope and the strength if you would take the charge he's given you. It's got to this place in your walk with God where you've got to stop dying out during the summer months of your walk with God. Having to lay down foundation in the fall all over again because summer took you out. It's about time that you begin to walk in strength with God, in maturity with God, that you can grow. Why? Because what you are is what God needed. And that's why he placed you here. Because what you are is what God needed for Bridgeport. What you are is what God needed for your family to be saved. What you are is what God needed for your children to be raised up in the gospel of Jesus Christ. What you are is what God needed to transform your community. What you are is what God needed. And so when God saw the need in your community, he looked down and he sent you there, but you're too busy looking for an answer. And God says, You are the solution. I've sent you. You don't see the purpose now, but I've sent, I tell somebody next to you, you've been sent. See, a lot of folks never get to where they're going because they never stay where they've been sent. But if you can stay where God sent you, you begin to get fruit you never thought possible out of your life. I want to give you a note here, just a key note. The place you least likely want to be is probably with the place where God needs you to stay. That's, I, I found that out in my life. You don't believe me? Moses did not want to go back to Egypt. Gideon did not want to fight the Midianites. Sanson did not want to deal with Philistines when he was blind. But the place that God needs you to stay is most likely the place you don't want to be at. But you got to stay convicted of your calling. And Paul was saying, Timothy, 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 I need you to stay convicted of why I called you and why God sent you here. I need you to stay convicted of that calling. This charge I give to you. This charge I give to you. Well, why is God making this demand on my life? Because He's made a deposit in your life. He knows that you can do what he's called you to do. He knows that you can walk this walk in strength. He's saying, Timothy, God sent you to Ephesus. Hold your charge there. Don't be discouraged. Don't let go. Hold on to your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. And every now and then, I get into into this place in my life where I have to encourage myself. Last night, about 8 o'clock, I slipped out of my house, and I just drove in my car, listened to sermons, and I encouraged myself. Because every now and then, if nobody else is going to do it for you, you got to encourage yourself. Hold your charge. When sin comes knocking at the door, hold on to your confidence in God. It will be richly rewarded and say, no, I'm walking with, the, I'm charged up for Jesus. I've got no room in my life for the foolishness of this world anymore. I've got to hold my charge. So how, how do I hold my charge? You know, what's really frustrating is that When you have a phone, like I have this phone and every now and then I got to do a master reset on my phone. Maybe it's just me. I do a master reset about every two months because there's two reasons why. The first reason is my battery starts dying really fast. And the second reason is, is because I have all this lost gigabytes of space in my phone, but it's nowhere to be found. It's just documents and data. I don't know what that means. I've tried everything. I just do resets. Google told me, praise God. And it was frustrating because sometimes I would charge my phone, wake up for my day. I would, you know, get ready, get to work. And by like 10, 15, whether I used my phone or not, it was at like 2%. And that's frustrating. I think it's frustrating to God when you go to church and you're all charged up. But by Monday morning, you're at like 2%. And and the only thing more frustrating than it being at 2% for no good reason is that when you plug it in, it jumps back to 40. And it's like some of us, like we're at 2% by Wednesday and we go to prayer night. If you do go, if you're really at that level of commitment with God, I said it, praise God. If you're a thug like that and you really want to stretch yourself, you want to draw nearer to God with the body of believers. See, back when I was a kid, we would go to church on Sundays, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and that was normal. But nowadays, you can't even get folks to come out twice a week, let alone for a podcast. Praise God. Anyways, back on track. And, and the moment you get into prayer service, you're back at 45% from 2%. And then it's for, how, how do I hold my charge? See, a lot of you can get a charge, but you can't hold the charge. You don't like when I preach like that. In that that kind of accusatory fashion, but because I I speak to most of you a lot, and I see your Facebook, I know that you can get a charge, but you can't hold a charge. Everybody has had that phone who can get a charge, but not hold a charge. You see, Paul knew that Timothy have this temptation to be timid. Paul understood that Timothy would kind of lose his will, his desire, his like, he would lose that charge in him to go ahead and the reason that God had called him. He would lose that boldness. He would kind of play it safe and duck low. And in order to equip Timothy for the future fights he would face, Paul began to point to a past prophecy in Timothy's life. And he says to him in 2 Timothy 1.5, He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded that lives in you also. And he goes down, he talks about stirring up the gifts, Timothy, that that are in you by the laying on of hands. And he's saying, I'm reminded of that sincere faith that you have, Timothy. You see, you have to get to this place in your life that if you ever struggle with remembering your reason why you're serving God, you need to rehearse the revelation of why you're serving God. And so I remember when I was low, but God brought me up. And I remember when I had nothing, but now I got some things, and I can't forget him who has gave me those things. And Paul's saying to Timothy, Timothy, I remember when we prayed for you and laid hands on you and I remember Timothy the faith that is in your entire family I remember the faith that is in your grandmother that is in your mother notice he does not talk about Timothy's father Timothy was a Greek and every theologian believes that Timothy's father died not knowing Christ and he's talking about his mother and his grandmother and he's saying Timothy you've already been through a lot I remember it in other words he's saying Timothy look at what you've been through in order to see what you're going to get through Timothy look at all the past things you endured in order to be able to say God I can make it through. Here's my last point for you today. In order to win future fights, you got to remember past battles. If you're going to win what's ahead of you, you you've got to learn how to remember what's behind you. See Paul is bringing to remembrance the call of Timothy. Timothy might have fought it before and maybe even doubted he had gotten past the battle by himself but now he can look back and say no, I have been called to this place in my life I've been purposed I can rehearse the revelation God has given me I remember that faith that grandma had and mommy had and now that same faith that they had is now in me I can remember when Paul laid hands on me, and I remember why he sent me here, and I know why I am here serving in Ephesus. I know why I am dealing with the battles that I am dealing with. I need to hold on to what God is doing in my—see, I remember why I am charged up for God. I remember the moments that God called me. I remember the home, the drive home, rather, when my father passed away. I remember when God spoke to me in my blue of 6, and I remember what he said to me. And every word has been true, and he's been with me through it all. And if I can get through those past battles, I can remember what God is doing in my life. In order to win future battles, you got to remember the past ones. you got to look back and say, God, I know you dragged me through a long time. You dragged me through so many things. You've delivered me from so many things, God. You've saved me from so many things, including myself. In the lowest of moments, God, you've carried me through when I couldn't carry myself. I'm not charged by my circumstance. I'm charged by God's providence. I'm not charged by the moment in front of me. I'm charged up by everything he's already done in my life. I'm charged because he's redeemed me. He saved me. He's delivered me. I won't lose focus on the fight because I remember the past battles that he has dragged me through. And when you can begin to remember everything that he's already done for you, you can begin to understand everything he will yet do for you. I remember. I remember the days we used to have nothing. I remember what God brought me through. I remember as a child the hardships my family faced. I remember what God took me through. I remember some of the nights, not many, but some of the nights where we didn't have food to eat. I remember. I remember when they came to take my father's cars because he couldn't afford the payment. I remember when they came to foreclose on the house. I remember all the past battles. And when I look back through that, I can say, God, if you carried my father through, there's nothing you won't do for me, God. I remember the few nights we had to sleep with our coats on because there was no heat in the household. I remember the days when they turned the water off in the house. I remember those days in my father's house and I can look forward and say, God if you've done it for us then you can do it for me yet again. You are the God who's forever faithful even to a thousand generations. You're the God who will carry me when I have not strength to carry myself. You're the God who will help me. You not only will charge me, but you will keep me charged, oh God when you lose focus of what God has done in your life it's easy to forget his goodness in the middle of a fight Paul said, Timothy, this charge I give to you remember, remember your mother and your grandmother and their faith remember remember you see some of you might not be able to relate to the sermon because you feel charged up so maybe you're dismissing some of what i'm saying i had this the satanic phone satan made it he handcrafted it i'm convinced that his hands touched it and because i was cheap i kept it for so long and by cheap i mean i just don't like wasting money on stuff kept this phone and it was it was a galaxy android it was before it was before the goodness of an iphone had touched my hands it was before i heard something we got to pray for the first row right here it was before the ease of an ios i heard something back here we got to pray for these guys back here praise god it it was before the goodness of my iphone before my my wonderful god used my wife to introduce me to good phones praise god because I used to have the phones that, like, I always I always had a knack to pick the wrong phone. I would get the Windows phones that had no apps and no games. And then I bought the Galaxy, and that was just trash. It was garbage. And what happened with the Galaxy, that I hated it so much, it was the Galaxy vibrant. It was supposed to be so good and so great. But it wouldn't hold a charge. And what I mean, like, it would die. Like, I would watch the battery just... You serious? I would I would plug it in and I would pull it, make a phone call. I would call somebody down the street and it was dead. It couldn't even handle a long distance phone call. Praise God. I mean, this phone was from the pits of hell. It would drop calls at the, at the time you didn't want to drop calls. You want to marry me? Hello, what? H- hello, Yesenia, are you there? I mean, it was it was evil. And so finally, I stepped out in faith. I stepped out in faith, church, and I I bought an iPhone. It was an iPhone 5. And man, let me tell you something. My life was changing. I took that stupid phone and I, I put it in my desk. And when I put it in my desk, it was on. It was charged. And I left it there. I left it there. Because I ain't gonna touch it. I went back, and I'm I'm not kidding. I went back a week later. (laughs) And I picked up that satanic phone made by the hands of the devil. And it was at 98%. And I was so angry. And I was so upset. I said, Devil, you will not have my joy today. I did not waste my money. And it hit me. You see, the thing that was draining it was the signal from the tower. And some of you are able to stay charged because you're not connected to nothing. And when the revelation is only for you, it's easy to keep it. But when God's calling you to pour out and stay charged, oh, that's different. You see, some people know how to stay charged for themselves, but not charged for nobody else. I don't got that luxury. I have to stay charged for a church, for a wife, for two children. You see, it's easy to stay charged when you're not connected. And today God's saying, stay connected. You got to hold this charge that I'm giving to you. For every person that might be different, but every person has this one charge that God is giving us. And that's to walk this Christian walk with boldness and authority. That's to be his witnesses. To love others as he's loved you. That's a charge that you can hold. It's easy to stay charged when nothing's pulling on your life. It's easy to stay charged when there's no demand for your life. Come on. But when God starts to call you to do something, when God starts to pull on you and to work in your life and say, no, 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 I I need you. I was so mad I broke that phone. I really did. I was very frustrated with it. So I broke it. You see, but God is so good. But he'll keep on reminding us that I have a need of you and a purpose of you. And like Paul said to Timothy tonight, the Holy Spirit says to all of us, this charge I give to you. Come on, he's not saved you to be a bench warmer in the house of God. He's not called you just to to sit there and do your own thing on your own time. He's called you to be a part of a body of believers. Come on, he saved you that you can be a functioning part of the body of Christ. Come on, if you're struggling in your walk with God, if you find yourselves up and down, up and down. I want to tell you tonight, hold your charge. Look at somebody next to hold your charge remember what God brought you through remember what God has done for you remember what God has fought with you and saved you from for the glory of God come on would you stand at your feet this evening come on he's here tonight come on would you would you just lift your hands right where you're at bow your heads lift your hands whichever one you gotta do first it's up to you I'm not gonna judge you come on Father we just need you tonight to strengthen us to hold the charge that you're given us God to keep us motivated Father God of the motive you have given us the purpose you've called us to that we don't lose focus of that God on, if you're here tonight and you've been struggling maybe in your walk, come on, lift those hands as high as you can, come on, you're just saying, God, I need you to touch me right now from my seat, right where I'm at. You've been struggling in any area of your walk, come on. Maybe you're that person who has those ups and downs all year long, no no rhythm to your life. Come on, no consistency in your walk, come on, lift those hands up, lift those hands up, that's right. God, your church needs you tonight to, to recharge us in the house, God charge up the body tonight Father God charge us up tonight come on Holy Spirit help us to remember everything you've done for us everything you've dragged us through everything you've purposed in our lives that we wouldn't forget the goodness of your glory God come on that we would hold ourselves to what you've called us God come on we need you tonight Father God Come on, we want to hold our charge, Father. Strengthen your church, oh God. Stir up the motivation and the passion in your church, oh God. Lord, I pray for every person who might be just waning in their strength of walking with you, that God, that you would work in them tonight. That you would work in their hearts and in their minds. That you would encourage them. Your spirit would rush in like a living water, oh God. And they would be encouraged in the midst of the brethren tonight, Father. Encourage your church tonight, Father. Take courage. Father, we need you in this place. keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed here's what I want you to do, real simple really, really simple, I want you just to begin to think and to contemplate and to recall just recall all the fights he's brought you through come on, recall all the battles he's faced with you recall the times that you shouldn't have made it out but you did I dare you to begin to just think about all the time all the blessings you've had that you never even deserved Come on, Father, we thank you for all that you've done in our past, God. God, we're going to stay faithful because you've always been faithful to us, oh God. God, we need you in this place. Let your grace and let your mercy flow through. Have your way, God. your way Father God come on as the worship team comes up and they're going to sing a song we're just going to worship for a moment here I want you to praise him and to worship him in remembrance of everything he's done for you understanding believing and knowing that God who has got you through every past circumstance will press you forward into his calling come on as the psalmist says the Lord will perfect that which concerneth you Come on, I'm praying tonight against worry, against anxiety, against every life Satan that God is not with you, that God won't help you through it. Come on, I'm praying that this will be a year of victory to victory to victory. This, this year, you're going to have victories on top of victories in your life. That you're going to walk in the strength and the authority. That you're going to hold the calling and the charge that God has placed on your life. That you will not falter. That you will not grow weary. That you will run. That you will be strengthened today and tonight and forevermore. That you will keep your focus on Jesus Christ. Come on, he's not just the author of your faith. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. It's already done. Come on, lift your hands as the worship team is about to guide us in. Father, we thank you for tonight. Speak to your church continuously. Moving us in Jesus' name, we pray.
0: We want to thank you again for listening to our podcast. We hope you've been blessed by this sermon. If you would like to share how God may have blessed you through this message, please feel free to share your testimony on our Facebook page at Citywide Church. And while you're there, like our page for daily updates. You can also follow us on Instagram at Citywide Church. Just a reminder, if you would like more information about this ministry or how to support us financially, please visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us. We hope you tune in next week to our podcast. Thank you again. Be encouraged. Stay blessed.